it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Lee. Touchdown, Patriots! Do you know if one will call plays when the regular season arrives? Yeah, well, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll work it out. The Rich Eisen Show. The Browns are considering acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo if Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension is extended. Today's guests, Washington State Athletic Director Pat Chan, Denver Post Broncos writer Ryan O'Halloran, ESPN NFL reporter Lindsey Theory, Associated Press sports writer Josh Dubow, and now sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to day four of the Ryan Leaf experiment here on the Rich Eisen Show. Not experience. Not experience, experiment, experiment. right. Still still in the uh, formation phase of all this. Alongside TJ Jefferson, Michael Del Tufo, and Chris Brockman, Mike Hoskins in the back. Pulling all the strings here. Um, Calling him Geppetto back there? Yeah, he's kind of a bit of a Geppetto. <laughs> he pulls all the strings, right? He's don't in forget, my, he's don't in my Adam, ear. Don't forget Adam on the phones, baby. Adam on the phones. Oh, also this. We got to mention Liz, too, then. back Liz, then Liz kills it. She's there. Yeah. And Kristen and Erica all week long booking the greatest guests today. You saw we got Smitch uh, and got Jordan. Smitch and Jordan. And, home. and that's There's, all, there's only 11 of us, Sean. Baby. We got Sean. Sean Mitchell and Jordan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this is a full fledged operation, and some cats that the people at home don't know about. Me and Del Tufo have adopted some cats to run around the yep. studio. So I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like doing this. I was saying though, as we got, went on the air, um, I you know, tip my hat to Mister Rich Eisen. I mean, that this, hat there, yeah, the hat right here. <laughs> the dude shows up right five days a week, three hour show, right. I'm lucky I got you guys in the mix. I mean, it's it, it takes a bit of a toll, right? I mean, it's a it's a long day of talking. A lot now, of talking. I have to get on a plane right after this. My man Mike Del Tufo gonna run me to the airport right after this. Uber Mike. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I gotta jump on a uh, um, a jet to uh, big old jet airline to uh, uh, Salt Lake City. Nice. I got uh, and speak to the Utah Utes. Football program picked in the top 10 to start the season, the preseason poll uh, tonight. And then they have their scrimmage tomorrow. So I'm going to get a first look at kind of what that team looks like. They play at Florida uh, in week one in the swamp. Big opportunity for that team. Big opportunity. Can you walk us through, uh, you do speaking engagements all over the country for all kinds of different uh, organizations. You go to a lot of teams, you speak at other functions. Can you just walk us through what, a, what one of those is for you? Like, do you have it all laid out what you're going to talk about? Do you hit on the same kind of larger points overall uh, with each one that you do? Just kind of walk us through one of those. Okay. Uh, thanks. It, uh, it comprises of really what my, my main values are in terms of what I go about and speak, and that's usually around accountability, choices, consequences, uh, community. Those types of things, and it usually fits in with what coaches want in their culture. And if, if our values match, um, th- then we we get together. A lot of times, too, I'll go and sit with the head coach for half an hour, an hour before uh, I go speak to the team. And if there's anything that they want specifically hit upon, maybe a uh, a point during camp this year that they're really emphasizing, right? Something that that I can reinforce um, with with what my speech looks like. And, and I have a, uh, 
I have a about a three minute introductory video that that Anna and I really kind of put together like five years, six years ago, and oh, wow. we've never changed it. And it uh, because a lot of these kids, I call them kids, they they don't know who the hell I am. They weren't even alive when I was playing. Right. So. Mm-hmm. You know, so this introductory video shows it all the good stuff, the rise, and then it doesn't hold back, doesn't pull any punches. It shows the precipitous downfall, like a really quick clipping montage of like Ryan Leaf arrested again, mugshot here. Uh, what about that Ryan Leaf? Guy? Oh, oh, you know, all these news things that play yeah. out to it, and then to where we are after the fact. So just so they can have an idea of who I am. And then when I start the speech, it usually is, hey, I was exactly where you were at 25 years ago in fact i was probably in a better position right i was about to be the second pick in the nfl draft we were about to go on and play for a national championship so you know what i'm about to tell you isn't a story of what not to do or what to do it's simply my story and um and then i try to make it the best i can every every time i'm there I, i i just got back like i said from florida state um I, I don't know. I felt like it was the most connected I had with the team. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Wow. It was just, uh, I was locked in. The kids were locked in. They were listening. And in this day and age, I always worry when I first started talking to these teams, when I hear like just, just silence, like you could hear a, a, a pin drop, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm bombing. Like this is, there's, I'm not getting through to anybody. But kids these days, like if they are, attentive Mm -hmm. that means they're locked in like i mean if they're sitting there with their phones going through things like that that's normally their behavior right and so that's been good i don't know it felt it felt locked in there down at at fsu with coach and that team and do these kids know who you are know your story like how familiar are they with you do you think i ask that question sometimes at the beginning like how many of you have any idea who who i i was and Mm -hmm. if so is what you've heard like um bad Right, like there's a bad connotation to it, and I think a lot of people assume that when I walk into a room like this, it's a story of what not to do. But up to the point where they're at in their careers, I was an unbelievable success. Right, right. So everything was going great. So you can't, you can't go. I'm going to show you what not to do in all these instances. No, I'm going to show you what to do to get to the highest level, and then once you get there how not to blow it, right? And how not to do that. So there's, there, you get both sides of the story. You get uh, uh, you know, a, a meteoric rise and how to go about that business. Because I think people, in, in, and uh, TJ made the point yesterday, people don't realize how hard I worked to get where I was at. I was never supposed to get to the NFL. I'm from Great Falls, Montana. Like, there's been one guy drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, and that was like 1953. You're not like a Western PA or a Southern California or a Texas pipeline right, type kid. Right, right. I mean, it's just it's not it's Florida. not something that happens. Yeah, like, yeah. and so I was never supposed to get there, so I had to have done a ton of things right to get to that point. And so it's important to to showcase that hey, you can do all these things to get where you need to get to, and when you when you reach that level, there is a conscious evolution that has to come with it. If you don't evolve, if you are stuck in the idea that you are the end-all, be-all, that what everybody else is saying is wrong and you are right in all of it, you are doomed to fail. And so that's kind of how, how it goes about. And it's just from making relationships with coaches. And I mean, the first coach that ever had me out to speak was Nick Saban. Mm. So I don't know if you could have a better referral than than the best college football coach of all time, right? I usually pick about five. So the first five programs that reach out every fall okay. are the five I go to. Um, um, and it doesn't matter the size of. Like I remember a few years back, um, I had my five picked out, and Clemson came in a little bit late. And I said, I, 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 said, I can't. I'm, I'm somewhere else that weekend. They, they happened to ask me where. I said, I'm at Northern Arizona. And uh, and uh, he's like, well, well, come to Clemson. <laughs> and then they wet your beak a little bit more, and you're like, you know what, Northern Arizona, we can do another time. Yeah. Nope. I, I did. Coach Ball, Northern you, Arizona. You stayed there, and you, you kept your commitment, too? Oh, yeah. Went to Flagstaff dope, and uh, was a part of that program. You know, it doesn't matter how big. Uh, it matters about the, the, the young student athletes, yeah. you know. Yeah. I never, I never want anybody to – experience 
what I had to experience. I don't want anybody to ever feel as miserable as I did doing something I love to do, right? And it caused me so much pain because of, of my actions and my choices. So I don't want anybody like, I think a lot of people think sometimes, well, just Steelers fans. I told you about how pissed off Steelers fans yeah. are at me. I, I made a comment yesterday around, and I've made it before, even before our comments. I, I thought that seeing where the rest of the quarterbacks went in this year's draft, I thought maybe going after Kenny Pickett in the first round may have been of a bit of a reach. You could have got him in the second, it sounds like. Yeah. Maybe you couldn't have. Maybe another team felt felt good about him too, but, but I thought it might be a, a bit of a reach. And Steelers fans uh, yesterday just you know, let me have it. Like one of the, some of the comments were like, he just wants somebody to be a bu- bigger bust than him. So people will stop talking about him. And that's the furthest thing from the truth, right? Stop reading the comments. You guys, <laughs> I'm not, I get this. It, you're, I'm not, you, you're just going through your Twitter feed, right? I, 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 and you just have, you just happen to see it. And it's so ridiculous. One of the biggest points, and, and I'll say this to the kids when I'm giving these speeches, I'm like, I don't want any of you to be uber successful and go to the NFL and just bomb and be the biggest bust there is because so it will replace me. I said, I am the number one guy. I'm super competitive, right? (laughs) I'll hold that mantle till the day I die. Um, So I, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. You know, I I enjoy what I get to do now. It's uh, to be back around the sport, not only from the analyst perspective and sitting in this chair, but then being a part of college programs all over the country. I mean, you you name a a university I've spoken to it probably, right? That's how that's how great it feels to be, um, welcomed in. It's really and, cool. Yeah, and, and I walk into these onto these campuses and they and I do something a little different. Um, I ask their equipment staff if I can get their gear. So when I even though it's you know I've I've been at Washington and I've worn Washington gear wow, in front of them. Really? That's a, Why? Because. When I'm talking about the things I'm talking about, it's like walking in front of someone's line on the golf course. It could, it, it you know, Cougar <laughs> fans are a little upset, but if they don't get it, if you don't understand why I do it and try to be part of something, especially when I'm talking about right. mental health and suicide uh, and all of that stuff, then it then it defeats the purpose. I want them to believe that, and I don't like to just go for a day, like show up for an hour, speak, get out. Like right. these kids need c- consistency; they need to be able to trust somebody. So I like to come in and spend two or three days. Like when I went to Florida State, I was there for three full days, ate, ate meals with the team all day long, cool. um, went out to practice and met with them. And, you know, I give my phone number at the end of the, the talk. I give my phone number to every player and coach in their room. So if and when they are having a moment where they need help or if they're in a moment where they want to share something amazing that happened, uh, they can reach out. I've had a, I have had players reach out when they've gone through a real difficult time or dealing with something. I've had them reach out when, when they've just done something completely amazing. I threw four touchdowns today, Ryan, you know, I mean, it's so fun to be connected. Um, I think for somebody who was so disconnected for so long, like when you're sitting in a prison cell guys, I mean, it is the furthest thing from feeling any sort of connection in this world at all. I mean, you've been warehoused and marginalized. And those are two things that I never, fully understood of course you've been given a number and said you have no value and you start to buy into that and believe in that and and not not understand fully what what your purpose could be ironically enough i was in new orleans over the weekend before i got home here speaking at a corrections leadership conference corrections of the guy that helped me set up this opportunity to speak was my old warden. Wow. In fact, my old warden has been like a, a, a super agent for me. He's booked like six speaking events and things for me. Um, how crazy is that? That's, that's pretty wild. I'm about to embark on some work with the DEA this year around their campaign um, called One Pill Can Kill because of all the counterfeit pills that are out there and how many people are dying of overdoses because of the fentanyl. 10 years ago, the DEA was hunting me, right, essentially. And now I'm about to work with them. I mean, it's, I, I couldn't fathom the idea that what 10 years ago my life would look like now. And it's a good lesson for those who are early in recovery or who are early on a path of anything 
to understand that it can get better, but it's all about what you do with it today. Because I can't control what happens tomorrow, uh, five years from now, or anything like that. I don't want to even look 10 years down the line. I believe that if I do what I did yesterday, today, I'll lay my head down tonight at peace and wake up and go about it again. And sometimes we just make things incredibly difficult as uh, human beings. And that's a, a real simplistic way to look at it. And one of my biggest supporters, uh, one of the guys, Bill Moose was the former athletic director at Washington State. And when I got out of prison, it was a kind of a mandate. Keep Ryan Leaf away from Washington State. We don't want, we don't want any association with him. He has is, he is tarnished our image uh, so much to this point. We don't, we don't want any... And that was the mandate that went out. So I was not included in anything or any or or any. Pat Shun gets the job, athletic director at Washington State currently. First thing he does, he's on a trip down, working with some donors in L.A. Asks if I will go to lunch with him. Sits down, gets to know me, gets to know what I'm doing, trying to be. Uh, and things have just just steamrolled from there. Uh, he helped get me inducted into the Washington State Hall of Fame. There you go. He was nice. first with our SID to get me nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, I love the fact that I'm a Washington State Cougar. It's a decision I made when I was 18 years old, and I will be that for the rest of my life. And I think for the longest time, and I know it wasn't the fan base, they still wrapped their arms around me like anybody. You know, It was an administration thing at the time, and I fully understand why. I do. I get it. I'm not resentful. I understand it. And, but instead now, I'm just incredibly grateful that Pat Chun and Washington State have welcomed me back and maybe a part of that great program. Their first game this year, I'll be calling for the Pac-12 Network versus Idaho. Um, and up next, that athletic director, Mr. Pat Chun, Washington State athletic director, is going to join us here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll be right back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich. Uh, last day of the week, um, alongside TJ Jefferson, Michael Del Tufo, Chris Brockman. Uh, and we'd like to welcome to the show here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, uh, a man that has uh, supported me a ton, and I'm so happy we could get him on the show today, Athletic Director from Washington State University, uh, Mr. Pat Chun. Pat, welcome to the show. How are you doing, bud? Uh, good, Ryan. I'm, I'm thankful, uh, appreciative of you having me on because your your show's namesake 
took some shots at my alma mater uh, at his Hall of Fame, whatever Hall of Fame <laughs> dais that he was hosting. So uh, I'm guessing this will be friendlier with uh, a, leg- a Washington State legend and Hall of Famer. Uh, so glad to be on your show. Oh, no. Pat Chun, the Ohio State? The Ohio State. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> Pat, oh, it took yeah. him ten years to get those those jabs in. So you yeah, know, you gotta Pat, get, look, give it to him. look, you know, Michigan is only going to win once every fifteen years. Just let him have that moment. Hey, it's been a long century for those Wolverines, so enjoy it. <laughs> well, we're, we're kind of experiencing uh, yeah. the same thing in Pullman, right? After beating up on those dogs oh, in the Apple Cup, right? Absolutely, yes, yes. I mean, and I I, I have uh, vivid memories of being with you on the field before this last Apple Cup, and and I tell you guys, you could feel Ryan's intensity. <laughs> for him, for uh, against our rivals, which uh, which are is the school on the west side of our state, and thankfully we were able to beat them last November. Yeah, it was the last time I had been to Husky Stadium since uh, since we won it, and so it was a little bit of good luck. I called the game for Westwood one that day, and um, it was it was fun to call that game. It really was. They they played an incredible game, and I think it solidified something that uh, I think a lot of us had seen up to that point. Interim head coach Jake Dickert. Uh, wasn't going to be the interim for much longer after that, as you named with the next head coach at Washington State pretty quickly after. Yeah, and it was one of those deals. And, and you guys, you, you, you've been around coaches and, and been around winning teams, but just to watch this team just go, go from really fractured and broken to just start every single day, just get a little bit better, a little bit more healed, a little bit more focused. And then, you know, in, in our in our atmosphere here, um you know, beating our rivals uh, is is um, always a little bit more important. We're fortunate to be in be a part of uh, a rivalry in which there's there's a long long history and tradition with it. But it was really a culmination of just just a phenomenal uh, you know extraordinary piece of work by Jake Dickard, and uh, he he earned the opportunity to be uh, be our head football coach. And I think we're all you know where we're at on I think what's day August twelfth. I think we're really excited about the prospects of what could happen this fall. Yeah, I want you to speak a little bit more about Jake Dickert because I was there in the spring call in the spring game and I brought my family with me and um, my wife has been uh, around the program now with me for the last, you know, five years or so or really ever since you took over and um, she made a comment to me as we were driving back to Spokane about... uh, the optimism that was in the air that there was there were more people smiling i mean she'd been around at you know at the end of the mike leach era and of course during the nick rolovich era and and i i found jake dickert to be a guy that is never at any point going to put himself in front of the team or or make himself more important than what the the process is and what the team is and she just simply said like there's an optimism there that hasn't been seen. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a results-based business. He's got to go out and win. But, I mean, going into the season and going into this offseason, it's, it's, it's felt like there's a positivity that hasn't been there in a long time. Well, and I think both, both of you are pretty keen on reading people. And Jake is a servant leader, first and foremost, in how he manages his student-athletes. And I think well, that's what you, that, that, uh, uh, probably what you guys felt. And on top of that, I mean, you, and you, you've been in Pullman more than most people – uh, you know, Jake and his wife Candace, I label them. I'm from the Midwest. Uh, I label them Wisconsin nice. Uh, and Wisconsin <laughs> nice is, is a mirror image of Pullman nice. So, uh, you know, they're, they're just really thoughtful, caring people that's just in their DNA. Uh, and, and we were in a program, we were, at a, we were in a space last year, which we just needed more care. And, uh, and, and today's day and age, I would also, I would also say um, young people need, you know, in my opinion, to, to get the experience they're supposed to have. And I always got the sense you, your your teams, when you guys won at the highest levels here at Washington State, um, they were so connected with each other and so connected with the program. And really, that that is just a byproduct of time. And we live in we live in a world now where people are in a hurry and people are in a rush. But Jake is willing, and his coaching staff, for that matter, to put in the time to get to know our team and to be connected with each other and to, to care. And uh, I think that's 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 probably what you felt percolating uh, in spring ball. And I can tell you, after you know, even in the following months, because. Uh, you know, a part of his DNA is, is bringing a team together and the importance of being together. And uh, like I said, where we're supposed to be in early August, I think we all feel pretty good about it just because, 
um, you know, that that's just part of who he is. He wants to be connected to his team. And, uh, you know, and, and for us, we, we, we've always been a school that has to win in the margins. And one of those margins is, is you know, we got to be a little bit better team. We got to have a little bit better leadership. Uh, we got to be a little bit more together. And if we can, if we, an easier said than done, but if we can get that, that's typically where Washington State is, is, has kind of uh, gained some ground on teams that on paper may have recruited better against us in the past. But, man, um, you know, our, te- our teams that have won at the highest level, they've out team teams, and that, that's kind of been the recipe here for decades. We're speaking with Pat Chun, Washington State Ath- Director of Athletics. Um, you've seen it all since you've taken over there, right? You, you came in with a deficit uh, in, ath- in your athletic budget. Uh, you've watched NIL become a part of the conversation. And then, of course, the transfer portal. And now USC and UCLA deciding to embark uh, and go someplace else outside the Pac-12 footprint uh, to the Big Ten. Uh, just kind of talk about what that journey has been like, the evolution, and, and where Washington State fits in the conversation piece now when we're talking about the 10 remaining teams in this conference. Well, when you take a step back, I mean, nothing's really changed for Washington state we've always been a program that does isn't as resources of other schools so we've always you know we, we've always had to um be a little bit different and and really be more dialed in on who we bring in here and coach as coaches and uh the staff they built up and that that's a recipe that will probably have to be a part of washington state's dna till the end of time with that being said there have been you know transformative changes in college athletics uh just with you know one uh, just with the continued amount of money that gets poured into our system through these TV contracts. On top of that, we deregulated transfers last year for football. Uh, on top of that, we have this unregulated uh, name, image, and likeness environment, and and we still operate out of a historical model where where we're you know we need to figure out ways to put more in our student athletes' pockets and. Um, and without sacrificing the educational experience, because at the end of the day, it's still the most important piece of um, of the entire experience, and uh, it's the one thing that really remains undebatable is is, is the best pathway to changing your econo- your socioeconomic status to, uh, to 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 raise your sight lines on what a future could look like is, is is still through through education, specifically college education. So our system is in a period of dynamic change. What USC and UCLA did. Um, I guess a month and a half ago is just a byproduct of, of where, where, of, of where this thing unfortunately is headed and, 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 and how TV is impacting, uh, a lot of decisions, um, you know, for, you know, a, a lot of short-term decisions relative to, you know, what history and tradition and what, what those two schools have meant to the Pac, Pac 10, Pac 12. But it's where we're at. And like in any, any, any era that we've ever had in college athletics, it's incumbent on us to try to, uh, you know, take what we have and try to make the most out of it. And where we sit today, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable uh, with with the commitment of our nine other schools in the Pac-10 or Pac-12 and uh, our willingness to stay together and move forward. And, and you don't know what, what, what you don't know, but, you know, all of our conversations have been forward-thinking, and I think everybody here on the West Coast knows what's at stake uh, and how important it is uh, for us to stay together as a conference. Uh, the, 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 that conversation, right? It, a lot of you sat in those meetings over the last year with UCLA and, and USC, where you had Martin Jarmond and, and Mike Bone and, 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 and I assume President Schultz and those president, president meetings and stuff like that. And, you know, what was said to their face wasn't necessarily what was going on behind the scenes. Um, what, what gives you uh, a, a confidence? that what you're experiencing together right now, the 10 of you, uh, makes you feel like that's a more solid foundation than, than clearly it was just over a month and a half ago? I, I would just say the level of candor uh, in all of our meetings and the, the types of questions that are being asked. Um, I mean, they're, they're, I, I, everybody understands what's at stake. Everybody understands, you know, our, you know, I've, I've, I've said this multiple times. Our, our, our biggest threat is that multiple conferences, our biggest threat is one conference making a decision if they want to expand more into the West coast. Uh, uh, and that's the conference of my alma mater. So, um, we recognize that. So I would just, I guess the comfort comes in. It, it's not, it's, you know, these meetings have been intense. They've been, uh, highly communicative, 
but the fact that there's been candor in all of our meetings is, is where everybody's asking the right questions. And the fact that we're all asking the right questions, uh, it gives you a little bit of comfort that everyone, everyone is, is trying to, you know, work together to move forward. Have you had, um, have you had many, uh, calls, uh, or, or interactions with alumni of Washington State University uh, kind of panicking because of, of all this? Or has there been a pretty – like I've, I've tried to come from an optimistic side of this. Regardless of what anything looks like, whatever the landscape looks like, the tradition and history of Washington State football is never going to go away. It's, it's always going to be there. Football is going to be played there. It's going to be played at a very high level and, and be very competitive. I, I think there's some fear from people that, that, that for some reason Washington State football – uh, in this, you know, new look of what college football could be no longer exists. And that's that's the furthest thing from the truth. Well, I think there's two things. One, we have a president who actually was uh, over a decade ago, the president of Kansas State and sat through kind of the same quicksand with the Big 12 and they were able to survive. So one, just having a president, I, I, you know, I, I say this in all seriousness, I think Kurt's done more to calm me down than vice versa uh, with, with, with all just just with just how um, you know, just, just how uncertain the environment is and was, I guess, especially at the uh, beginning parts of July. I, I, I think the nice outcome of all this is all these, all these, um, you know, the athletic, you can go right down the list, all, all these, these, these sports writers that cover college football um, as they, as they try to, fo- you know, follow the data on why, you know, behind all these decisions, which is basically TV ratings, you know, lo and behold, Washington State actually turns on TV sets. Yep. And I think that's been the most comforting thing, that that, is, that has been very, very public, especially in recent weeks, that, um, you know, just from a value standpoint, what Washington State brings to the table and what the nine other schools in the Pac-12 bring to the table is re- the reason why the 10 schools have to, you know, need to stay together and want to stay together. But our, our story is a little bit unique, and, and when, you, when you try to do the math on, on why does little old Washington State turn on TV sets, you know, you, you know, you could date it back to the, the guy who, who designed our logo because it's our belief it's one of the most recognizable logos uh, in all of college athletics, and you just build up from Jack Thompson, Dennis Erickson, Mike Price. I know this is the 25-year anniversary of your Rose Bowl team, and that was uh, what seemed like a Mount Everest at one point that, that you and your teammates got us over, and, you know, you fast-forward another Rose Bowl and the Mike Leach years and game day coming here and Gardner Minshew, and maybe it's because we've always, you know, thrown the ball around because, you know, uh, for your for your for your crew there, I actually our SID gave me some trivia. If you want me to grill Ryan about his uh, about his his, his Rose Bowl year, uh, but you look back and it's like maybe it's because we threw the threw the ball around and we've been easy to watch. Maybe people like turning watching us because we're always David to someone else, Elias. But bottom line, Washington State turns on TV sets, and I, I and when when it's all said and done, uh, our our footprint specifically to us does include Seattle. And I think people forget that. Like, yeah, we're in eastern Washington. There's there's wheat fields all around us. Uh, but for whatever reason, Washington State turns on TV sets in this corner of the world and uh, and throughout the country. So that's the most comforting thing that I remind people that it's the data that's driving this. It's TV ratings. Uh, obviously, we have uh, uh, you know from our from our regents to our president, chancellor, everybody on campus here recognizes the importance and value of intercollegiate athletics. So. Uh, wherever this thing heads, um, which our belief is it's going to be with the Pac-12 staying together, you know, I feel really confident that, hey, Washington State brings so much to the table and the numbers show it. It's, it's, we're, we're too valuable to be left out of any conversation. Well, I agree. I'm a little biased, but I, I completely agree. Uh, we're speaking with Pat Shun, uh, Director of Athletics at Washington State University. Before I get you out of here, uh, you just made reference that you, you sent that in a text. I had completely forgot this is the 25th anniversary uh, of our Rose Bowl. Uh, it really makes me feel old. But is there anything uh, planned or in store for that this this fall uh, that I should be made aware of? Well, well, we'll honor that team, but my guess is, unfortunately, in your in your new life, you're working on Saturdays. So, uh, so, uh, so we'll have to figure that piece out. But uh, that is a historic moment in Washington State, and uh, um, you know, it, it, it's one that really you could argue put us on the map. And the fact that you know our our one of our great alums, Keith Jackson, at that time was was the voice of college football, and uh, that that year just reestablished us and. Just looking back, I mean, Bill Stevens, you may, you may know this off the top of your head, but do you know how many guys in total uh, from that 97 team 
uh, ended up getting drafted or signed free agent contracts the next year in 98. I, I, I think there was four of us that were drafted, and I would suspect, I don't know, t- 10 or so got, uh, got free agent contracts. Nine, so it's still the most in school history. So it's 13, actually, uh, from that, that 97 team ended up on, at least in a, in a training camp yep. in the fall, which says a lot about the talent on that football team. Yeah, it was an incredibly talented football team. I had an amazing teammates and coaching staff, and um, finally being able to walk on that field and see Washington State in the end zone was, was something really special. Hey, one quick question before you take me off the radio. Who the heck did you have a 21-yard run against? Um, in 97? Yeah, that's your longest run of the year. It kind of sticks out on your stat sheet here. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who it would have been against. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I, I had a touchdown run against Boise State. I had a long run in the Rose Bowl. That that, that yeah, I, twenty-one's not 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 anything to look. I mean, that's considered a big play by some stats. Like the year before, yards. the year before at UCLA, I had a forty-eight yard run. So that that I that oh, trounces wow. that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the little All boost. Right. To, yeah, yeah. So um, I'll see you in uh, I'll see you in a few weeks in Week One versus uh, versus Idaho. Oh, yeah, you're here for the opener. Yes, sir. All right, go Cougs. Appreciate, appreciate you having me on. Pat Sean, everybody, Washington State Director of Athletics. Go Cougs. Uh, when we come back, uh, uh, we'll recap a little bit what he had to say, talk about what you know, college football is looking like here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich Eisen alongside TJ Jefferson, yeah, Michael yeah. Del Tufo, Chris Brockman. What's up? Mike Hoskins back there pulling the strings again. Um, had meant to kind of get into this in the open. Um, um, but again, thank you to Pat Chun, athletic director for Washington State University, for joining us, uh, talking about all things uh, college football, in particular the Pac-12, uh, Pac-10 currently. We'll see where that where that leads. Um, this this news story um, was kind of buried, and it has been for some time. And I think it it lends itself to just the absolute Teflonness, if that's a word, to the NFL. Right, uh, and, and this this is fitting for somebody who 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 played for four years, uh, has residual um, effects from playing football, uh, but um, a while back the NFL settled a concussion settlement lawsuit, and in the um, observations or in the appointments with former players getting diagnosed with issues that come that stem from from concussions and head trauma and everything like that there was a essentially like an algorithm or a way they went about deciphering people's needs and for the longest time there was a bias uh, against african-american players in that they were denied healthcare claims because of this bias that was in it and it finally got rectified the lawyer for the plaintiffs finally figured it out 
and stood up for it. And the NFL now is, uh, you know, finally correcting that wrong. And it's saying hundreds of black NFL retirees who were denied payouts in the $1 billion concussion settlement now qualify for awards after their tests were rescored to eliminate the racial bias. Changes to the settlement made last year are meant to make the test race blind. The use of race norming in the dementia testing made it more difficult for former black players to prove that they had the kind of cognitive decline that qualifies retired players for awards that average up to $500,000 or more because of, uh, of the issues they're having. And it's not a large number who have played in the NFL, guys. I think there's upwards, I think it's around 27, 28,000 players ever in the history of the NFL, the 100 years or so history of the NFL that played. So it's not a, a huge number. It's not hundreds of thousands of individuals who are, who are seeking these types of things. Nearly 650 men have had their dementia tests automatically rescored, according to a report released Friday by the law firm handling claims against the NFL. The retirees had met the other criteria for a successful claim, which includes the hours of validity testing to show that their daily lives are significantly impaired and they are not malingering. All of this was done. And it's the NFL was contacted and approached to comment. And of course, I think they've they've made their statement. Um, But this is something that affects all of us, in particular, um, players that are of color. Right. They were being denied because of that. And I think just the biggest fear for all former players is that they're going to be in a place where they're going to need that help whenever that may be. And it and it was essentially being a boundary was being placed up by the NFL in helping their former players because of their the color of their skin. And it's that's an atrocity. It's absolutely awful. It's amazing that this is something that the NFL has again been able to sidestep and you know say, hey, I, you know, we messed it up and uh, now we're correcting it and we're moving forward. The reason I bring it up simply because of the obvious, right, is the atrocity of it, but also just the fear that many of us former players have. Um, I, I've never, I've never said this publicly. Um, uh, it's something that uh, started happening a year ago. We all know, and I've talked about having a brain tumor 10 years ago uh, that was, was trauma-related. Um, luckily for me, that, that was, was corrected. I had, I had a surgery, and I, had, I dealt with radiation to correct it and stuff like that. But that was from trauma, from, from the concussions, and from, from playing the game. But uh, recently, this last year, um, I started developing a, uh, a tremor in my, in my hands. Uh, more, more often when I'm doing exercises, like when I'm doing, uh, planks and I'm holding my own body weight up, I've, I've lost a lot of weight and I've become a lot stronger, but when I'm doing it, my arms shake kind of uncontrollably. And I was, I didn't know what that was. And so I was really fearful and, and, uh, and, and you can see it sometimes when I'm holding up like a, a, I'm drinking a, a glass of water. And if you're really paying attention, you can see my heart, my hand starting to shake and it's becoming more obvious. And so, um, you know, I've, I've had to address it with, with some people. And I went to my, my neurologist who, um, luckily for me, it was a, what they call a, a, an essential tremor, which is genetic and it's in my family. Um, but she did ask me to go get an MRI on my brain to make sure where the, the tumor is. And the, the result came back pretty positive. But uh, she said one thing. She said that, that my brain was starting to kind of sag in the back. And it's a result from the surgery that I had in some instances. But these types of things are exactly what we fear us as former players. And when you read stuff like this, because I'm not a big conspiracy guy. I, I, I don't buy into that. I feel like when the NFL talked about not knowing the trauma that comes from it, um, I could buy into that. And I don't expect anything. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't need a big payout or anything. I, I chose willingly to go into this profession and play this game. And I don't think I would do anything different because I think it gave me a lot. And it gives a lot of guys a lot. I just 
am in the same way around the opioid epidemic. If a doctor would have told me years ago when he prescribed me my opiates for the first time that, hey, you know, if you take these and, and there's there's a chance of dependency, you know, 10, 15 years from now, you may be, you know, going into people's house to burglarize the house to, to take. I mean, I might have a different right. mindset on whether or not I take it. Sure. Mm-hmm. If the NFL you know, who knew the results of these things that have happened over the years, watching the situations with Mike Webster, um, with Andre Waters, with Junior Seau, all of these things, if they had a better um, grip on what was happening and were honest with people saying, hey, this is what you have in front of you. You can play this sport and make millions of dollars and set your family up for life, especially coming from... um, places of abstract poverty, right? Things of that nature. Uh, but you also may be limited in your lifespan, right? There's cognitive issues that can come from it. And, you know, you may only live to, let's say, 50 years old or something like that. Uh, and, then you, and, the, and then the choice is laid at your feet, right? You, you get to make that choice. You feel like something was withheld from you. Now, don't get me wrong. I knew it was a violent sport. I'm not naive to the fact that there was... You know, it was a, it was a physical, violent sport, but I think that's the biggest thing in all this. So, having said that, not a big conspiracy theorist, but then you watch and listen to the avenues in which the NFL would go to limit their former players that built the league to receive benefits that they they direly need. That's concerning, and for somebody who is starting to have and feel like there's cognitive issues that are going to coming to play over the next I'm 46 right I hope to live till I'm 95 my grandfather's 95 years old I hope I get to live to that long especially with having a child and and being in a great relationship and all of that I, I want to live that long and so if at some point I need treatment and I need that to continue my life I don't want to be denied and those African-American players want the same thing and for the fact that they were denied those, how many years have they been denied that and now uh, finally having it corrected is a, is a huge relief in, in my mind and I can only imagine in everybody else's mind. Um, you know, it's, it's something I continue to say is NFL's got to do better. I think people look at the NFL and see that we don't have lifetime health insurance. Players wish and hope they had that. People from the outside world say any any job you stop working, like if you get benefits at at an insurance job, right, and you quit that job, your benefits um, go away. They don't stick with you for the rest of the life. But I don't ever want anybody to like associate what an NFL player does in comparison to somebody who maybe works in an office. And yeah. and, and and I understand that. So um, I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. I was I was kind of planning on opening the show, but we got on a tangent around what we do and uh, on my speaking and. I think it's important that the NFL continues to try to be better, right? And because it, you know, w- when you do stuff like this, and then you try to take the high or the, the moral high ground in in situations like the Deshaun Watson scenario, and and not being uh, in the same place with, let's say, Dan Snyder and and Robert Kraft over some of their allegations over the last few years, right? You just don't know where the NFL lands, and it confuses people. The product on the field is the product on the field. I love it. Everybody consumes it. It's never not going to be consumed. And it's never not going to be worth billions of dollars. They can just be better. Just like anybody else. And I fully understand that the NFL like is, is like any other human being. We're flawed. Incredibly flawed. It's just a matter of whether or not you choose to be better today. And I think they've fallen short in many, many, many different categories. Just like I have. Um, let's try to be better together for our brothers who um, who are no longer with us and who are struggling right now who need that help. So, all right, there's my soapbox. I'm off it. Um, uh, we have a great show the rest of the way. When we come back, Chris is going to jump in with his uh, What's More Likely segment. What's more likely? It's Friday, baby. I love that oh. it's Friday. I love that it's Friday. It's the middle of August. I can't believe 2022 is almost, I mean, it's literally almost done. Football season's about to start. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll get to that with Chris uh, Brockman. What's more likely um, with, I think there's going to be some football things in there, probably. Um, 
when we come back uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich, uh, and we'll be right back. All right. Um, two, two NFL preseason games last night, right? Two last night. Right. I haven't even talked about yet, but Pat's not, that, Giants. not that anything crazy happened. Right, yeah, Pat's, Pat's Giants. Giants. Yep. And then Tennessee Ravens. Yeah, Titans Raven. The Ravens uh, continued their crazy streak. streak of they haven't lost a preseason game in like five years. <laughs> twenty four straight games, I think it is. Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one oh, straight games now. So they could, they could get to twenty four if they they run through the, this, this. No, they only play three. So twenty three. They can get through twenty three. Right. Um, Malik Willis. Right. Was a conversation piece last night. Looked pretty good. We'll look into that. Um, you know, the Pats um, will have a little uh, um, press conference from. Uh, from Bill Belichick a little bit later. Yeah, a lot going on about the play calling. Uh, Matt Patricia was calling plays at one point. Then Joe Judge, they like split play calling duties. What, what's the preseason for, everybody? It's it's for practice. It's but for, the ones didn't play, right. so I'm not really looking too deep into it. No, uh, it, it's a good kind opportunity. Of on Saquon Barkley, I thought he looked pretty good in the uh, limited action that he's Well, so time. much so that pre-show, you kind of talked about maybe being influenced I think I'm fantasy like, football-wise. I, I don't want that out there yet. Shh. Oh. Well, it's out there. He also likes Travis Etienne. I love Travis Etienne. That is very out there. Yes, that is very out that there. Very I out didn't there. say that. And and only people watching Peacock see it. Luckily, no one on the radio heard it, where I think most most of this show is consumed. Yeah, oh, so, about my Saquon? Yes. Let's keep that on the down yeah, low. Down low, down low. I think Saquon's going to be good this year, TJ. Well, he better be. For the Giants' sake, for Brian Dable, for, uh, for Daniel Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's going to be imperative. Um, I'm I'm anxious on the Giants side of things to see uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that was a great fit there. Have you seen the battle so far this year in camp with Evan Neal and Kayvon? Yeah, I mean that is that awesome. is iron sharpening iron situations. Mm-hmm. What a I cool mean, Evan thing! Evan Neal is so huge, so big. Kayvon so fast and physical. That's going to be fun to watch uh, in New York this year. You know the NFC East for me is just. Kind of a crapshoot. Uh, we talked about it a little bit the other day. I'd like to talk a little bit more about it. Where the Giants, if Brian Dable is able to do something special, catch lightning in a bottle, do something different with Daniel Jones, what does that look like? Are they able to compete? We have not had a repeat champion in the NFC East since the early aughts of the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. So we'll see what that looks like uh, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We'll be right back. 